What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Critics Corner Podcast. I'm William Locke, and joining me as he does every week is Joe Sieben. Week 12 is in the books. A fun one. Some few up, uh, close upsets this past week, and we head into Rivalry Week. Joe, how you doing? Not too bad. I mean, not not the craziest week of the season, but it's all building up to the last regular season week, and waiting a long time for a lot of these games, especially Michigan-Ohio State, the game. We've been talking about that pretty much, I mean, before the season even started. So Rivalry Week is here. Uh, we got Thanksgiving on Thursday. We're going to have games, I mean, Tuesday of this week. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you have NFL, college football, a lot of a lot going on in the in the football universe. So, a lot uh, lots to look forward to this week. Good time to be a sports fan, as you always say, and and this is certainly one of the best times of the year to be mm-hmm. a sports fan. If you're into the if you dabble into college basketball as well, there's there's feast week. Uh, I'm not huge into college basketball, but there's a lot of good uh, like mid season, whatever, like preseason, early season, whatever tournaments mm-hmm. that they got going on. So, yeah, it's a it's a fun time. Um, obviously home for the holidays. So always, always nice too. um, to, or for the holiday, it's not Christmas yet. It kind of feels like Christmas, but it's, it's just Thanksgiving. So, um, but yeah, let, let's get into week 12, the week that was, we talked about this game in the preview as, as our headliner. Some people didn't have it as the headliner, but, but I certainly did. Washington takes down Oregon state 22 to zero in Corvallis in the monsoon, uh, especially in the first half. Very interesting game. Um, and at the end, Washington pulls it out. Uh, Michael Penix to Roma Dunze. I mean, they just have a connection and, and they have that, you know, go to route, the, the back shoulder fade that, that works every single time and, and it's unstoppable. Uh, I thought Oregon State was able to, to move the football, especially on the ground. Um, there were moments in that second half where it looked like Oregon State was, was going to get the win. Um, you know, they ran for 148 yards. Damian Martinez had 123 and two touchdowns on the ground. Uh, they struggled throwing it just like Washington did. But I leave this game really impressed with Washington picking up a road win in tough conditions um, at night. Uh, and and they, they continue to just know how to win football games. Yeah, and I, you know, they weren't getting the credit from Vegas and, and a lot of insiders on this game. You know, Oregon State was favored going to the ball game, which, is, which was crazy for a top five, top four team, depending on the rankings for Washington. They were undefeated. You know, they hadn't lost. They'd Played a lot of back and forth games, but there's just something about this team that they know how to win. Um, sometimes they'll play down their opponents, but this was a good game. I mean, Oregon State's a good ball club, a good team. They were at home, tough environment to play, tough conditions. And Washington just just kind of found a way in each half to to be one step ahead, I think, the whole game and make uh make Oregon State be trailing uh most of this one and and Pennix did what he had to do, you know, make some big throws. Odunze came up big on that touchdown grab. And, you know, from there they controlled the clock a little bit and, and just did what they had to do to close this one out and um it was close it really was a close game it was tight Vegas knew it would be so they're right on that but um you know if you jumped on Washington as an, a small underdog for this one you know you were right like they're just a better team this team is probably gonna be undefeated um by the looks of it going into the Pac-12 championship you'd think yeah and there's something to knowing how to win football games that you know I think a lot of people just haven't wanted to give Washington credit and and have wanted to hype up the Oregon bandwagon, even though Washington found a way to win that game. They they won ugly against Arizona State, against Stanford. Uh, you could say this was an ugly win, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. They're winning the games. And I'm, I'm getting to the point where, I mean, I might, I might not be super surprised if they just go out and, and they beat Oregon in the Pac-12 championship. And or, I know Oregon's look great lately, uh, but there's something to be said about they have one of the best quarterbacks in the country. They have one of the best wide receivers in the country. They have a solid bend don't break defense and and they know how to win games. This is this is such a like this was such a trap game scenario. Maybe not a trap game, but just a really tough road game in tough conditions that a lot of top teams I think of like a Florida State, if they're fully healthy, which we can get into later, probably would have probably would have lost this game. Maybe even Oregon would have lost this game. So I think it's really impressive that they won. I think if Oregon State had any semblance of a passing attack, they probably would have won it. Uh, DJU threw two picks in this one mm-hmm. um, to Jabbar Muhammad, and uh, Washington's corners had had a really good game. And obviously, the conditions were really hard to pass, and, and Pennix didn't really uh, have a big game in the year either. Um, Dylan Johnson ran it well for for the Huskies, but again, a win is a win is a win. They got Washington State in the Apple Cup this weekend. Uh, could be. 
maybe the last one we see. At least it's the last scheduled one. So, uh, yeah, they just keep rolling on. Yeah, I think you hit there with – I mean, DJ had a chance here. If you had a big game, we could be talking about the Beavs coming out with a huge upset. Um, or not upset necessarily, but big win for him. And uh, he just didn't have it. The ground game was there. It was tough conditions and just wasn't his best game of the season, which was unfortunate because this is when they need him the most. Um, you know, one possession was huge in, in this game. And so those two picks, the turnover battle, it shows up in in top 10, top 15, 25 matchups. If you win the turnover turnover battle, a lot of times that's the difference in the game is just one series. And unfortunately, he just didn't have his best uh, performance this season. Yeah, uh, they, I mean, no letdown spot for them at all this weekend. They got the big one against Oregon. Yep. That one's in Eugene. We can get into that in the preview. Um, so both these teams coming off this big game have big games this weekend in, in rivalry weekend. Uh, let's move into the Big Ten to, to the Michigan game. They survived Maryland. Uh, weird game in college. What is it? College Park, I think it's called. Uh, they they win 31-24. to 24. I mean, they were up 23-3 in the first half, got a defensive touchdown, uh, got a safety, blocked a punt, you know, really had every opportunity to run away with this game and just could not get away from Maryland. JJ threw a bad pick in, in the uh, in the end zone that at the end of the first half, Michigan would have gone up 30 to 10 in that situation. So, and then, you know, they end up scoring two straight touchdowns to start the second half, uh, Maryland that is. So they got back into it. If JJ just doesn't throw that pick, Michigan probably runs away with this game. Uh, but as we know, the game before Ohio State, it's always weird. It's always tough. Michigan's trying to kind of probably keep the playbook pretty vanilla and, and not show Ohio State a lot of looks. Uh, Maryland was the best passing attack Michigan has faced this year by far. Tualia threw for 247 yards. Did have two picks, both to Mikey Sinder still. And Michigan gets the win in what was definitely a very, very, very much so a trap game. So a win is a win is a win. But it wasn't it wasn't great, but I don't think that matters because I remember, you know, the the game before the Ohio State game last year was against Illinois at home and, and Michigan had to kick a, a game winning field goal uh in the last seconds to win. So weird one for Michigan. A few injuries. Ladarius Henderson, left tackle, wasn't playing. Roman Wilson left the game early after a big hit. Uh he's gonna play on Saturday, according to Sharon Moore. Um but Michigan's first real clunker, but they get the win. Yeah, I and I think that's the thing is it, it doesn't matter how pretty this one was. At this point in the season, you're just trying to get wins. It doesn't matter against who, you know, just get the win. Those are these top 10 teams. Um, you know, all Michigan Ohio State had to do these weeks was just be undefeated going into the game. And that's what Michigan did. It wasn't their best performance. You know, they looked great in the first half and, and kind of took the, the foot off the gas and just didn't have that mojo in the second. And, you know, made it a little close for comfort at the end. But a win's a win. They'll be undefeated going into this week. That's all that matters. Definitely a lot going on, you know, off the field, maybe looking ahead to the game and uh, maybe that affected the play a little bit, but want to know, you know, against Maryland this season and they'll be undefeated going into, you know, obviously the biggest game of the season, arguably the entire landscape. Yeah. And, and this win marks a thousand wins in, in Michigan's football history. So first, first program to accomplish that uh, as well. So just a note there um, and, and yeah, Michigan gets the win in college park, uh, uh, a, a a win is a win. They they stayed relatively healthy. Uh, it seems like Ladarius Henderson will be back. Uh, Miles Hinton avoided major injury. Roman Wilson will be back for Saturday. Uh, the big question is, is uh, M- M- Mikey Barrett, uh, the the linebacker. Um, but it seems like he's going to play. Um, so we'll see. Uh, he has like a, I believe it's like an a sprained AC joint or something like that. Um, but I think, you know, it's going to be all hands on deck this weekend. We didn't even talk about the Harbaugh suspension, uh, basically Michigan on Thursday before the hearing. Uh, yeah, I, I guess you could say cave to the big 10 and, and accepted the three game suspension. Uh, then it comes out on Friday, Chris Partridge, the linebacker coach was basically telling it, or advising players on how to, uh, respond to questions by the NCAA. Uh, so he was fired because that was a direct breach of, of protocol. Uh, he wasn't fired because of his connections to Connor Stallions. They have not proven anything there. He was he was fired because he was basically tampering with the investigation, it seems so, like. So what, what was he saying for the players to say? Just no comment or? Not sure. We don't have that detail yet. Don't have that detail, but he was let go. He was actually Michigan's best recruiter, uh, really locked down the Northeast. So tough loss for them. Uh, Zach Zinter, or sorry, not Zach Zinter. Um, the DC, I don't know why I'm blanking on his name. Jesse Minter. Jesse Minter. 
yeah, sorry, Jesse Minter, uh, his dad is serving as the acting linebackers coach. He's got a lot of head coaching experience. I think so. He's got a lot of head coaching experience and he's an experienced coach. So it's not like to bring in just like his dad for shits and gigs. Mm -hmm. Like he actually has experience. Uh, but yeah, more like more distractions off the field, um, heading into this game. So I'm sure that kind of had an effect on the guys as well, but a win is a win for Michigan. Nonetheless, moving into the sec, Georgia, I mean, this was my lock of the week, minus 10 and a half. I did not understand the line. Tennessee comes out and scores first, as seems to be customary with Georgia. Uh, but Georgia wins 38-10. to 10. Joe, what did you see in this game? How are you feeling about Georgia? Does it feel inevitable at this point? I mean, that line, we said it last week on the preview pod of like, I, we just didn't get the line because Georgia looked so good the last few weeks and Tennessee got absolutely thumped by Missouri. So the 10 and a half, just, it was just like, I don't, I don't know, like they were just giving Tennessee a lot of credit, I felt like, for playing at home. Um, there was something that to that environment, you know, Dolly Parton, Peyton Manning were in there, and yeah. you know, Georgia does it every week. They give up that first touchdown, and then you know, let let the other team kind of think they're in it, and they just they just dominate the rest of the game. They had the ball for you know almost forty one minutes to Tennessee's nineteen minutes. I mean, they had the ball the entire game. Carson Beck was phenomenal, twenty four of thirty, two ninety eight, and three touchdowns. Um, I don't know. I mean, it. it We'll find out a lot in the SEC championship, but it seems like Georgia is a number one team and it'd be a surprise if they didn't win it at this point. Yeah. I mean, DraftKings is on that as well. They got they overtook Michigan as the national title favorite at plus two forty to Michigan's plus two sixty. So still close. Uh, but Georgia is is the new favorite. I agree. I mean, Georgia just sat on Tennessee this game. You mentioned the time of possession, uh, which is interesting because Georgia didn't really establish the run game, especially early. They only ran for 156 yards. Um, and, and it was really Carson Beck just just carving up this Tennessee defense. I mean, when you got Brock Bowers, I mean, having a Brock Bowers is in college is like having a Travis Kelsey. He's, he's just always open across the middle. No matter what scheme you throw at him, uh, he, he always finds a way to, uh, to get open and, and score. And, and he did in this game. Uh, he was banged up a little bit there. Looks like he might have re-aggravated his ankle, but he kept playing. Uh, so yeah, they got Georgia Tech and then the big one against Alabama in the SEC title game, which yeah, that, that'll that be the best offense they've faced by far this season. Jalen Milrow has improved tenfold. I mean, just imagine saying that 10 weeks ago, you know, Alabama is the best offense that Georgia will play this regular season or slash postseason. I don't think, I mean, neither of us would have been there. Alabama couldn't figure out their quarterback situation until like week four. So she shows you how far Alabama's come and honestly, how far Georgia's come. You know, they, they struggled against South Carolina at home earlier in this year. And I mean, they're looking like they're going to roll to a, a third straight it title. It seems like they've gotten better every week. And a big part of that is Carson Beck looks so comfortable. Um, but I, I think with teams like this, the, it always comes to when, when's that biggest test and him in adversity because they, they've been winning all season. And so there hasn't been that come from behind moment, that clutch moment, you know, games on the line, no timeouts, that two minute drill. So that's what we will have to wait and see on, on a game against, you know, if Bama can keep it close or, you know, inevitably probably the playoff for him. But yeah, I mean, Georgia, Alabama, I mean, it's shaping up. I think it'll still be a close game. I'll, I'll be curious what the line is when we look at the preview, but yeah, I mean, Georgia is the, the number one team in the country I'd say right now. Yeah. And I'll be curious to see if Carson Beck, you know, dominates the rest of the season, to, leads the team to a national title, gets more national recognition. Like, because I just don't think he is at this point when he he should be. Yeah. Does he decide to go pro? I mean, he's a junior. This is it's only his first year starting, but and there hasn't been legit. that conversation. But I think that the better they keep playing, you know, maybe he does jump ship and go. Hey, is my stock going to get any higher next year? You know, right? Yeah, if you ride that high to a national title, uh, and, and he very well could come back next year, but I, I don't know. I think he's he's kind of ready at this point. He he looks he's gotten better and better uh, throughout the season, and only only huge games to come, except mm-hmm. Georgia Tech. It's, you know, not not the biggest game, but uh, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Got to talk about Florida State. Very unfortunate injury. They beat North Alabama as expected, but really lost the game because Jordan Travis goes down with just a really ugly injury. It was confirmed today, Monday, as we record that his college career is over. Uh, and unfortunate, very unfortunate for Florida State. Junior Tate Roadmaker stepped in. He's a three-star quarterback from Georgia uh, and leaves them in a really weird spot because they got a couple tough games at Florida and then Louisville in the, SC, or in the ACC title game. They're going to be led by Tate Roadmaker, and 
I mean, there's talk about if they go undefeated, they the committee might leave them out of the playoff. But I, I think we're at the point where even if they lose, sorry, even if they if they go undefeated the rest of the way, they should absolutely be in the playoff because they've earned that right. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, just a gruesome injury. You kind of knew without you didn't need the confirmation. He's probably done for the year after watching what happened. And in a bummer, it wasn't you know against premier competition. Interestingly enough, I think they were down like thirteen to zero. Yeah, yeah. And so. Uh, North Alabama came out swinging, but tough loss. You know, he's had a heck of a career. He's been, you know, a leader of this team. And I think that wouldn't be fair if they still run the table here. They're a power five team that goes undefeated. And in this crop, you know, with a lot of one last teams, they, they should get in. It shouldn't be a conversation. But um, we'll see. I mean, it's not going to be easy games. Florida, Florida State, it's a rivalry game. Uh, Florida's going to be chomping at the bit to win that one. No pun intended. Billy Napier slightly in a warm seat right now. And, and uh, Louisville and the, ACC championship that game just got a whole lot harder so we're gonna you know see how Tate plays and hopefully he can right the ship here and keep them moving so they got a chance to make the playoff but they're vulnerable for sure you know if Florida can come out swinging or if Louisville you know maybe is you know looking at trying to get that New Year's six bowl at this point for those guys so a lot to yeah. play for for both their their next two competitions and if they do drop one I think they will you know fall into the bottom of the one last teams um just with the nature of this injury and the committee taking that into effect. Um, so just just a tough loss. You hate to see it. Injuries are part of the game, unfortunately. And he's a huge part of that team. And with him probably going to the pros next year, and you know, we'll see how bad the injury is. But just just a bummer overall in, in that type of game. Yeah, it was one of those hip drop tackles, I believe they're called. Mm-hmm. And that was the same type of tackle that hurt Mark Andrews last Thursday night uh, against the Bengals. Seems to be controversial. Uh, I don't know if you can ban it. It's it's not banned at this point. I don't know if you can ban I, that tackle. I think tackle. I saw a report the NFL is going to look into it. They should look into the tush push first. I, I think the problem is, is like, there's only so many ways a guy can tackle. Like, you're, there's yeah. already so much that's been eliminated of, like, come on. Like, they're not trying to injure him. Like, it's a physical sport at the end of the day. It's already hard enough for the defense. Mm-hmm. Adding another way that they can't or to, to hinder the way they operate is would just be too much. I mean, yeah, that's just sometimes you get in a certain, certain situation where you, you just got to tackle a guy that way. And ah, that I think that'd be tough to, to ban that move. Um, but it is, it is unfortunate for Florida state. I, I think they can withstand it, but we can talk about that further in, in the preview pod uh, later in the week. Last major game this week was, and I was impressed with this one just as much as I was with Washington going on the road and, and picking up a win, is, is Texas. They go to Ames at night, cold. Uh, their quarterback, Quinn Ewers, injured shoulder, not 100%, and they get the win, 26-16. Pretty ugly game. I think it was like 6-3 to three Texas at halftime. Burt Auburn, by the way, for Texas, good kicker, good kicker. Uh, they held Iowa State to nine yards rushing. Defense continues to be really good for Texas. Uh, CJ Baxter filled in for the injured Jonathan Brooks, ran for 117 yards on 20 carries, and, and they escape Ames with a win. Uh, they got Texas Tech this weekend, and they have whoever they play in the Big 12 championship, and they'll be in that playoff mix. I think they'll be in the playoff mix. Uh, I, I'm impressed with the defense. Their offense is banged up, but they're still getting it done, and, and this was another really impressive road win for a top-ranked team. Yeah, I mean... Kind of like we were talking about Michigan, like a win to win at this point. And so they didn't need to blow them out. This is a hostile environment. You know, it was that night it was cold. Quinn's not 100%. It's just a solid win. You know, they controlled this game. Um, score makes it look pretty close, but they, they held Iowa State, you know, kind of down on the mat for most of this game. And just a good win for Texas. They just got to get through Big 12 competition and get to that uh, Big Big 12 uh, Conference Championship, see who they play. And, you, you know, we, after this week, we'll be able to look at all the scenarios of one loss teams and what happens and what unfolds after rivalry week. But for these guys, it's as simple as just keep winning and see where the chips lay after that. And they'll have a, a pretty good resume if they can just win out here. Yeah. And, and that's all they can do is, is focus on the teams that they are playing. They can't worry about the outside noise. They can't, you can only control the controllables. Yep. Uh, I, I obviously, you know, they're probably hoping for, I would say, an Oregon loss because that's a one loss team ahead of them probably rooting for another Alabama loss. Uh, whoever loses Michigan-Ohio State uh, will probably be out, but that remains to be seen. I think they – if they're Alabama probably beat, rooting, They're probably rooting for a Florida State loss is probably the most realistic, I'd say. Definitely a Florida State loss. But if Bama beats Georgia, 
Yep. I, I think I think Bama is hopping. I think Bama's hopping Texas at that point. I think you got to ignore the win, and that would be the most impressive win uh, out of any team in the country so far this season. Just because what we've seen Georgia turning into, I, I think the committee would, would put Bama over them. Yeah. So, but for Texas, it's you know, do your job. Just go one and zero every week from here, and you know, you'll have you'll have a resume that hey, one loss this season. You know. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. And it's first time Coach Shark ever had ten wins. So. Congrats to him. Big ten win season, season for the long. I believe it was like their first ten win season since like two thousand nine, which is just insane to think about for Texas football. Yeah. Ugh. All right. Where do you want to start with the rest of the games? What conference do you want to go to? Uh, I guess we're gonna say in the Big Twelve, coming off Texas. Um, OU knocks off BYU one by seven. Dylan Gabriel went out hurt in this one. Um, future sooner, future of the quarterback position, Jackson Arnold. He was a uh, number one quarterback in Texas last year, number four nationally. He's a huge recruit. He came in, got the job done. Didn't do too much, um, but um, they knock off BYU. He's been kind of pesky the last couple of weeks, it seems like. But OU, I think for them, it was just disappointing after the Texas game, a couple of losses. And um, I think they still have a chance to make the championship game, but they need a lot of help at this point. Yeah, they're kind of limping to the finish line, uh, both literally and figuratively with, with the Tilly Gabriel injury. Uh, but yeah, Jackson Arnold is certainly going to be the QB of the future down there in Norman. I mean, if you're the number one recruit or the number one quarterback in Texas, you're that's you're legit. Like that's real. That's some high praise. So, and he decides to go to Oklahoma and not Texas. Obviously, Texas has a loaded quarterback room, uh, but still impressive for for them to get that guy into their program. Uh, BYU was like plus twenty four and a half in this game. I had them. Mm-hmm. Didn't even sweat it. I mean, it, it was close for for most of it. Uh, it's just a weird place to play. Depend- doesn't matter what time. Um, but yeah, win is a win for them. They're kind of limping to the finish line, and uh, we'll see what they do this weekend. I don't think they have anybody massive. Look it up real quick. They got TCU. TCU on Friday. Uh, win that, and that's well, that's a ten win team. Eligibility. Yeah, and well, we'll get into that game in, in the preview. I, I got them on. Well, we'll say I got the Sooners on upset alert. Uh, elsewhere in the Big 12, K-State knocks off Kansas 31-27. This was a really fun game. Uh, had mm-hmm. it on in, in one of the quadrants. Cole Ballard for Kansas. No Jason Bean. They're on their third-string quarterback. He threw two picks. And Will Howard for Kansas State uh, threw for two touchdowns and rushed for one. They pick up the win in Lawrence. Again, rivalry game, night game. Good win for K-State. And they saw the program down there in, in Manhattan, Manhattan West. Howard looked good, and I mean, kudos to Lance Leipold, though. I mean, Ballard, your third-string quarterback, is a freshman. Like, threw two picks, but they played well. They're right in this game. I know they wanted this one so bad, but built a heck of a program up there, but really fun rival. It's good to see both these programs good again, at least competitive. So, um, really fun game. Uh, Big win for K-State. I think they're still technically alive for a chance at the Big 12 title game, but the team that's probably going to make it, I think if they just went out there in, it's Oklahoma State. Bouncing back after a drubbing against UCF, they knock off Houston 43-30. to um, Ollie Gardner right back to it, 25 carries, 164, three touchdowns, and Oklahoma State's back to where we thought they should have been after it's a weird game against UCF. But big win for them, and they're going to try to take on the Longhorns, hopefully, in the Big 12 Championship in a couple weeks. That'd be a fun game because Oklahoma State, their offense has, has certainly evolved and, and gotten mm-hmm. much better over the season. Outside of that weird UCF game, you can I think you can burn the tape if you're Oklahoma yeah. State from that one. Um, and, and Brennan Presley, 15 receptions, 189 yards uh, for the, for the Pokes as well. Alan Bowman's improved all season. Uh, Michigan has so Michigan has four starting quarterbacks, I believe, that have transferred out of their program. You got Alan Bowman at Oklahoma State. You got Cade McNamara before he got hurt at Iowa. You got Joe Milton at Tennessee, and now you got uh, that Valari guy, Dane Valari at, at Syracuse. Uh, so. That's pretty wild. It's pretty crazy, you know. Uh, deep quarterback room the past few seasons. Joe Milton was not great at at Michigan. He was kind of the only guy out of all those. Oh, and Cade that that got opportunities to play. Uh, Bowman and, and Valari not as much. Uh, but good win for the Pokes. Dana Holgerson at Houston. I think he's got to be on the hot seat. Disappointing season for them. And yeah. you know, you're in you're in the the Big Twelve. You're bringing in SMU to the conference next, or SMU is going to the ACC next year. Uh, like, where are you really going to recruit in the state? I feel like Houston is is certainly lower on the totem pole 
for players within the state trying to play football in Texas. You know, you'd rather go to A&M, Texas Tech, probably SMU, obviously Texas, uh, Baylor probably, even though they're down right now. I think it's it's tough. You know, first season in the Big 12, they might need a, a change of, of of leadership there. It'll be something to watch for sure. I think they should keep him around, but he's been there for a couple of years. It could be something they... They pulled the trigger on it. It's been a hard jump to the the Big 12 for those guys. And in another game, you know, Cincinnati goes down to West Virginia 42-21. It's just been a hard season for the newcomers. Another loss for Cincinnati. Clearly, you know, not the same team from a few years ago. Fickle's gone. And, you know, kudos to West Virginia. They put together a a solid little season there in the Big 12. Yeah, good season for them. Also, TCU picks up a big win over Baylor 42-17. And Dave Aranda, I mean, the hot seat just keeps getting hotter. It's a bad season there in Waco. And the defense, his whole thing was defense, defense, defense. Comes over from LSU, and it's Baylor's defense that is letting them down week after week. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of like the Chargers in the NFL. Brandon Staley, the head coach, has just been on the hot seat forever. And the weird thing is their offense plays great, but he's a defensive coach. And it's the defense who gets shredded most weeks. So kind of reminds me of lives. It's one thing if you're losing, if you're the head coach and you're your specialty is one side of the ball, and that's the reason that you're getting killed. It makes that seat a little bit warmer. Totally, yeah. Uh, so that'll be an interesting one to follow uh, as the season closes here for Baylor after next weekend. And then the last game in the Big 12, Texas Tech knocks off UCF 24-23. to So Texas Tech picking up a couple wins here lately. Good for them. Let's move to the ACC. You had Pitt beating Boston College 24-16 on Thursday night. The one that I want to talk about, though, is, is Louisville on Saturday, knocking off Miami 38-31. And, and it was a f- another fun game, another fun game. Uh, Louisville ran a lot of fake handoffs, sweeps, option stuff. They love to do that. Uh, helps get their guys open. Uh, and, and, you know, Jack Plummer, I, I think it helps to to give him kind of the dink and dong, easy completions rather than just spread the ball around the field, throwing it deep. Uh, Louisville clinches a spot in the ACC title game, which is amazing for you know year one under Jeff Brom. But I, like I'm just disappointed with Miami in this this whole thing. I know they played they played well. They were able to move the football. Uh, TVD played well, but like the I just the Miami job is not what we think it is. Attendance at this game was announced at forty four thousand. Certainly did not look anywhere close to that. If I had to make a guess, it was probably ten to twenty thousand people in Hard Rock Stadium. It's like 69% full, which is a nice number. Um, And people don't care about Miami football in Miami. So why is it such... Sure, you're in a recruiting hotbed, but they haven't been relevant in our lifetimes. Just disappointing. Mario Cristobal. And I think in this season, that Georgia Tech loss, that collapse has just put them onto a tailspin. So that was really tough. I think they're sitting at like six and five now, which is a disappointing number to look at when they were like six and one or five and one or something like really rolling. So really tough. They lost a lot of momentum here in the second half of the season in terms of recruiting in this program. And like you said, it's, it's just, it's not as big of a school, you know, undergrad, um, you know, people that are actually there. And then also you're playing at hard rock. It's a bigger stadium. You know, it's not on campus, all that combined. It's, Make it harder, and it's it's just not the same. You know, if they're not undefeated, they're not in the national title conversation. It doesn't draw that same crowd, that same excitement. So we're seeing this season; it's just not there. They're still getting a lot of recruits. I'm sure they'll have a decent recruiting class, but it's not it's not what it was. It's not what I think Cristobal thought he was leaving for when he used to be there. Um, so really disappointing. But Louisville, I mean, I don't think if it was even an expectation on the card for Jeff Brown being on the ACC championship with one loss. In his first season, I mean, geez, he blew the expectations out of the water. And now at Florida State, down Jordan Travis, look at these guys might win the ACC and be be the representative for the New York Six. And, I mean, they won't have the same resume as other teams, but nobody's talking about them as a one-loss team. What a what a season for these guys. That's a good point. Yeah, very impressive. Uh, Jawar Jordan was back in this game. And like I said, they, they ran they, – they schemed the hell out of this game. And, yeah. and it was funny that uh, Miami had a – a Hail Mary that was completed, but they got tackled. Guy got tackled at like the two or three yard line. So yeah. kind of just a, kind of just a, what's like a, a microcosm of the Miami season. And you're right. Like Miami is a very small school. It's a private school. It's in Coral Gables. It's not even in Miami. It's kind of in a quieter area. Campus is tiny. Uh, the football stadium that they play at, it's like 45 minutes away. Like 
it it takes like the 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 students get bust to the games if they want to go UCLA. that's why they can't fill it out it's not even on campus exactly so if you really if you're you know if you're miami and you're really invested in improving the football team i think the first step is building some type of on-campus stadium now again the problem is the campus is really small it's in a kind of a weird area not a ton going on there like that they're stuck they're stuck and i i think it's a lot harder to build a program at miami than we think it is like i think mario cristobal leaving oregon was an extremely brash and and probably irresponsible decision because i think oregon's a better job than miami is i don't know if that's necessarily a hot take at all at this point we look what oregon's doing year after year uh putting out a solid team they're moving to the big 10 they're in a decent recruiting area because they can poach from california and eugene's a great town to live in to, to to go to college in on campus stadium people really care about oregon football up there i think oregon's a better job I, I think it is. I think Miami, if they're not in the national title conversation, it's not the same program. And that's hard to do year over year in, in a depleted ACC now. And they're just sitting in the middle of the pack, unfortunately, you know, with like a Clemson right now. Yeah. So it sucks if you're a Miami fan, because I know the fans that they do have are very into it. Mm-hmm. Elsewhere in the ACC, Clemson beats North Carolina 31-20. Will Shipley and Phil Maffa had a great game. They ran for, or Clemson ran for 247 yards, passed for 219. So Good game for Klubnik and Co. Clemson keeps winning, uh, and and North Carolina keeps losing. UVA beats Duke at home, first win at home in the Tony Elliott area. NC State beats Virginia Tech, thirty-five twenty-eight. George Tech bowl eligible with a win over Syracuse, and then Notre Dame beats Wake Forest, forty-five-seven in the Sam Hartman revenge game. Uh, any thoughts on those? Yeah, I mean, Syracuse has been calling it for a few weeks. Um, there were a fraud kind of falling out at the start of the season, and, and Dino, we had him on the hot seat. He got the ax, unfortunately, after the game. Um, so tough season for Syracuse. Georgia Tech, though, bounced back. They're, bowl- they're bowling this season. NC State's a quiet 8-3. and three. So Very, how about that, like, that season? Extremely quiet 8-3. and three. No one is talking about NC State, but if they, if they can beat North Carolina this weekend, that's a 9-3 and three season. Got to tip your cap. And maybe a big win for them in a rivalry game. Um, UVA, they play tough. They play tough. Mm-hmm. Duke, yeah, I think uh, I think um, Riley Leonard didn't go. So tough without him. You know, he's a big part of that team and that program. So big win for UVA, though. They're not going bowling or anything. But these guys play tough. They've certainly, certainly turned it around. And um, Tony Ellett's not worried about his job at this point. I think they definitely bring him back. Yeah. I, I saw he interviewed or was rumored with the Michigan State job last week. I don't know how much truth there was to that it was a tweet that i saw uh but i love uva's quarterback true freshman anthony calandria threw for 278 yards and three touchdowns uh against duke at home again he's just one of those guys that plays really hard and i think he's one to watch moving forward as he will be their starter in his sophomore season next year unless he decides to transfer but i would be very surprised if they do so uva certainly building something there uh with tony elliott uh at, at the helm and, and and yeah, also with Syracuse, you got to note that Dino Babers was fired on Sunday, so they're looking for for a new head coach uh, at Syracuse. Yeah, yeah, tough for him. He's been there for a while though, so I think it's just been trending in the wrong direction the past couple of seasons. Yeah, and and they have their uh, first or a new basketball coach for the first time since like the mid seventies, as Jim Beheim retired. Looking for a new football coach, probably gonna have to tap into the group of five, uh, probably like maybe a Jerry kill who we'll, we'll talk about a little bit later or, or maybe even a guy from Toledo. Uh, he, he's a, a hot name at the moment, but Syracuse isn't like one of those schools. that's going to get a huge name. They're going to have to mm-hmm. kind of uh, be more, I guess you could say uh, sneaky with it. I, I can't think of a word, but more, you know, use, use, uh, be resourceful, resourceful. That's yep. the word I was looking for. Yep. There we go. Uh, Big Ten, not 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 really a big weekend, honestly, in the Big Ten. Obviously, coming up this weekend it is, but you had Ohio State taking down Minnesota 37-3. Penn State beat Rutgers 27-6. Iowa beat Illinois 15-13. Uh, Michigan State beats Indiana 24-21. Northwestern, bowl eligible 23-15 win over Purdue. No Hudson card for Purdue in that one. And then Wisconsin, they beat Nebraska 24-17 in overtime and they will be bowling and Nebraska will not be just yet. 
Yeah, Ohio State, Penn State kind of had some lesser competition this week, unfortunately, uh, for the Minnesota going golfers. They, they got pumped. They kind of probably figured that going in. There's just no offense there. Um, so Ohio State, you know, they're 1-0 this week, big for them. Penn State, you know, Tax had another win that's in the Big Ten that's not named Ohio State and Michigan. Um, Iowa, <laughs> they win again. They're, they won the Big Ten West. It's official. Uh, Brian Ferentz last game in uh, Iowa City. But, I mean, they're they're running the table there. So they won the Big Ten West. They'll be representing them in the Big Ten Championship. Um, you know, close game. Obviously, no offense, 15-13, low scoring. Cooper Jean's out for the season. Um, I saw you put that note on there. Tough loss for them. He's a huge playmaker on defense and uh, on special teams. And he would have been huge. You know, they're, they're definitely going to be a huge underdogs in the Big Ten Championship. But he's a game changer who can keep it competitive in some ways and make plays just one-on-one in space. If he gets the ball in his hands, whether it's a, a pick six or, you know, a punt return, he, he's a guy who can flip the script for him in a hurry. Yeah, they'll, they'll be heavy underdogs in the Big Ten Championship game. Uh, and I I expected Gene to to get drafted in in April uh, or mm-hmm. May, whenever the hell the draft is at this point. So yeah, they win, beat Illinois um, and, and Michigan State. Like I said, they beat Indiana. I think Tom Allen is is as good as gone at Indiana. Uh, yeah. This was the toilet bowl of the Big Ten East, and, and Michigan State pulls it out with like a last second touchdown uh, to Malik Carr. So fun one for them if you're a Michigan State fan. Uh, and and shout out to shout out to Northwestern. You know they're not necessarily. Yeah a lovable team to root for this year, but they're bowling in year one under, under David Braun. And, and, you know, those are the last game at Ryan field before they start the renovations. Uh, So it's going to be an entirely different look for that, for that football program moving forward. And they got some momentum. I got to say, I mean, I, I didn't have them probably over two and a half, three wins going into the season. I'm shocked they're going bowling. So um, good job by him. I know it's, you know, weird circumstances and everything, but he, he rated the ship. They're competitive knock off Purdue and, and to go bowl and same thing for Wisconsin I think disappointing for them they had you know aspirations in a week Big Ten West to maybe represent that side of the division or of the conference and, and go to the Big Ten championship but they win they're going bowling which is big for them and tough for Nebraska they've just been so close to getting their sixth win and they play a lot of games close but they just can't get it done here right yeah I mean three straight tries I believe it was Maryland Michigan State and now Wisconsin that they've lost to you gotta get a win in there. They and just have to. They have to, and they got Iowa this weekend. They're actually yeah. favored right now. Uh, it's basically a pick 'em, but we'll see how that game goes. Big Ten this year not great outside of the top three teams: Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State. So, uh, but it's gonna be again an entirely new look next year. So, be looking forward to that. Pac-12. Honestly, some pretty fun games this weekend. Uh, some interesting storylines. You know, Washington State, they drub Colorado 56-14 to 14 on Friday night. And I want to talk about this one just because, to me, as an outsider, I can't speak, obviously, uh, for the coach, for the team. But it seems like Dion might have lost that locker room. One of their, one of their uh, running backs tweeted out after the game that they would have won if it wasn't for, for selfish ball. Or they'd be undefeated if it wasn't for selfish football. Um, I mean, this is a tough look, and and this Colorado story, you know, they were champions of September, four and zero, flying high, and it's it's been all downhill. I mean, one win in conference against Arizona State, and Arizona State's horrible, just really disappointing into the season. You got to be honest. With I got to be honest. Been a tough stretch. Shador got hurt, and after that, they were just they had nothing going on offense. And Washington State looked like who I thought Washington State was in September. Yeah. I don't know where they went either, but Cam Ward started lighting it up. So that was cool to see them, you know, maybe uh, come in a little bit hot going to the Apple Cup this weekend. But, I mean, tough loss. I mean, Colorado, man, tail two seasons. That first half, everyone was like, Dion to anywhere in the country, to the NFL. And now it's like, they ain't even going bowling. They ain't even going bowling. I thought that was going to be a lock when they were 4-0, but it's been all downhill. So, Hopefully Shador can play in this next game. They can, you know, try to keep it competitive. It's gonna be a tough one against Utah. But yeah, a lot of probably a lot of changes still again, you know, after this season. It's been a really disappointing last six weeks. Yeah, I'll be really, really curious to watch their offseason. Um, I think there's gonna be a big spotlight on them, even more so this offseason. Uh, just because they got they got a lot of changes that they gotta make. Mm-hmm. Elsewhere in the Pac twelve, Arizona destroys Utah forty two eighteen. Utah extremely banged up team. Um but Arizona could not be more impressed, and I think Jed Jed Fish will be a really popular popular name in the coaching carousel this 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 winter. Uh, game this game was never close, uh, but Utah got a big win off the field yesterday. Uh, Cam Rising announcing that he's coming back to Utah next year 
for I believe it's like his seventh year of college football. So Iowa or Utah lost this game, but honestly, that's a that's a, more important is that Cam Rising is coming back next year because I think they're going to be really really relevant nationally next year. Yeah, going to the Big Twelve that's huge for Utah to get him back. I mean, seventh year guy, veteran guy. Um, he's going to have a, have had a lot of time to recover from that that knee injury now. So. You know, like them, you're looking far ahead in the Big 12 next season. But what a win for Arizona. What a season for Jet Fish, turning around after the first couple of weeks. Found his quarterback, Nova Fafita. And, yeah, I mean, they dominated this game. So, great win for them. And, uh, yeah, their uh, in-state counterparts, not so much. Arizona State, you mentioned earlier, with Colorado knocking them off as one of their only conference wins. Arizona State gets dropped by Oregon. Bo Nix was lighting it up. Uh, 24-29, 404, and six scores. Um, he's giving that Heisman conversation. He's got two big games, Oregon State, and then probably the Pac-12 championship um, still on the calendar. So um, that was a story. It was him just light, lighting it up uh, this while he was in the game. Yeah, he absolutely did. And, and Trey Franklin, the wide receiver, is having a hell of a year as well. Statistically better than Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, same with Malik Neighbors. There's receivers out there that have better numbers than, than Marvin Harrison Jr., but aren't getting necessarily the Heisman love that, that MHJ is. Uh, and I, th- I still think MHJ is deserves some Heisman hype for sure, but I don't think you know. I think you got to give respect to some of these other receivers. And Oregon has historically struggled at Arizona State in Tempe. This game was never close. Uh, so great win for them. They got a big one this weekend. Elsewhere in LA, UCLA they destroy USC thirty eight twenty. Probably the last ever game we see Caleb Williams play in a Trojan uniform. And this is another one. It wasn't really close. I mean, UCLA thoroughly beat USC, and there's been a lot of speculation, a lot of questions in the, in the national media. You know, is Lincoln Riley really the guy for USC? And, and they're seven and five, and they're losing their best or their most talented quarterback maybe ever. I don't see them getting better moving into the Big Ten next year. This was a disappointing game. I mean, UCLA really, really did control it, unfortunately. And seven and five that. That's an ugly number for USC and a guy coming off a Heisman season. That is an ugly number. So, yeah, I mean, I don't see why he'd play in the bowl game because it's not going to be anything crazy important. It's going to be kind of a random Pac-12 bowl game for him. So he's probably gone. Um, And, yeah, going to the Big Ten, I mean, everything's a question now. Who's the quarterback? Where does the offense go from here? You know, can Lincoln Riley get a good defensive coordinator? Can they write the ship? And, you know, completely new conference, new matchups. Everything's going to be different for them scheme-wise in different parts of the country. And, yeah, I mean, tough loss in the end of the day. Um, we'll see what happens with Chip Kelly. I know he was kind of on the, the hot seat a little bit, but big win for him. Can he, you know, finish out the season strong and keep his job going to the Big Big Ten? Um, and for Lincoln Riley, he's got a lot of questions this offseason. He's got a lot to figure out. Yeah, I mean, I'm just taking a peek ahead at USC's schedule next year. Oh, boy. They opened the season in Las Vegas against the LSU Tigers. Then they got Utah State. Then they got a bye week. Then they go to Ann Arbor to face Michigan, Wisconsin, at Minnesota, Penn State, at Maryland, Rutgers, at Washington, Nebraska, at UCLA, and Notre Dame to close out the season. So it doesn't get any easier next year. And he's Lincoln Riley's got a, a huge target on his back uh, or a huge uh, huge microscope on him. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a make or break year, honestly, for them next year. I think. Uh, and yeah, good win for UCLA. I think uh, Chip Kelly kind of maybe stems the haters away, pushes them to the side for for a little bit longer. Uh, I just don't know how much better UCLA can can do than Chip Kelly. I, I think that job might be a little bit overrated, or, or we might hype kind that. Kind of like in Miami, especially going to a, a crowded Big Ten now. I don't see them yeah. rising to the top. Yeah, and it's a job that we think is good, right? But when you really look down, look look into it. Eh. Maybe it's not as good as we think it is. Yeah, I, I like the comparison to, to Miami. And then lastly in the Pac-12, Cal knocks off Stanford 27-15. Last ever Pac-12 version of this game. They'll be in the ACC. They'll be in the ACC next year. Uh, Cal's at UCLA next weekend fighting for bowl eligibility. So good win for Cal. And they're 5-6. They're and six. Stanford, rough year, but Cal gets the win. Let's move to the SEC. Not not much happened, you know. A lot of FCS action going on, but did have a fun one in uh, in Missouri. Missouri knocks off Florida thirty three thirty one, back and forth, uh, and it comes down to Brady Cook throwing it to Luther Burden on like a fourth and twenty, and they convert, get the first down, kick the field goal. Harrison Mevis is is one of the probably the best kicker in in the country. 
Yeah, I think he's the Missouri's leading point scorer ever. And tough, tough loss for Florida. Good win for for the Tigers. They keep winning football games. They're nine and or sorry, ten and one. Or no, they're not ten and one. They're nine and two at this point. Looking to go ten and two this weekend against Arkansas. So great season for them. And Billy Napier at Florida, I think his hot, his seat just keep, keeps getting hotter. Yeah, they blew it at the end of this game. They should have won. It was like fourth and like 15 or 18 or something. They just Luther Bird and found a spot. Brady Cook found him and big kick by Mevis and huge win for Missouri having a heck of a season um, right there in that that second tier right below Alabama and Georgia this season. Um, so great season, you know, for the Tigers and tough one for Florida. Just another tough loss. They should have won this one. They played great. Uh, Mertz got hurt for a bit, but they, they engineered a couple drives still. Um, and Billy Napier, man, this this. This game this weekend with Jordan Travis out, there's going to be some high expectations, I think, going into this one, especially I think they're at home too. Yeah, they are at home, and Florida State has shown signs of weakness against Miami early on against North Alabama even. So, yeah, that's one to watch. Um, and then New Mexico State knocks off Auburn 31-10. to Shout out to Diego Pavia, the, the New Mexico State quarterback. Absolute dog. I watched him last year in their bowl game against, I think it was like Bowling Green in the uh, – Whatever bowl games in the Lions Stadium, like the, the Quick Care Bowl or, or whatever. Quick Lane and or something. Quick Lane Bowl. And I was really impressed with him. I was like, oh, they're, they're kind of one to watch next year. And yeah, they're in the Sun Belt or I believe it's Sun Belt Championship game, whatever conference they're in. Uh, they've had a hell of a season. And Jerry Kill, their coach, just a damn good coach, former Minnesota guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he came out of nowhere, like running this program and I mean, they didn't just beat Auburn and upset them. I had them on my, like, you know, sprinkle last week, like four picks for the upset. It was my official pick, but they didn't just upset them. They they dominated this game. They looked like the SEC team, SEC team. I mean, they got paid, I think, like two mil or something. I mean, it's always a great thing. You know, their team's tweeting out payday and stuff after because they got paid to just beat the wheels off of Auburn at home. That's embarrassing, you know, for huge yeah. in this team. Uh, they were looking good. You know, they had some momentum going and, and everything like that. And, just got dominated. So good, good game plan, great execution. And Jerry Kill, man, he, he's back on the map. Um, you know, he retired or he left Minnesota for health reasons and stuff. But now it, it begs the question of if he's healthy. You know, he might be a name in the coaching carousel now. Yeah, he's done a hell of a job with that program down there in Los, I think it's Las Cruces, New Mexico. So good job by them. And then also South Carolina knocks off Kentucky. 17-14 so South Carolina 5-6 and six heading into the Clemson game and Kentucky 6-5 mm-hmm. and five heading into the Louisville game kind of teams going in opposite directions Kentucky's really really struggled uh, in the in SEC play this year mm-hmm. uh, not much of an offense and in South Carolina tough they're really good in, in November mm-hmm. yeah I mean there's something about them late in the season man uh, I think these two rivalry games will say a lot about um, how they go into bowl season if South Carolina can make it, but along the line for both these teams and in some rivalry games. Absolutely. And then in the group of five, do not forget about the group of five. We had Toledo knocking off Bowling Green and Miami of Ohio, knocking off Buffalo in Maction this week, which means Miami of Ohio will be playing Toledo in the Mac championship game on Friday, not this Friday, but the one after. So shout out, shout out to those two teams. Um, Tulane beats FAU 24 to eight. They remain the top ranked. Well, Probably will remain the top-ranked uh, group of five team. We had Army beating Coastal Carolina, which is a bit of an upset. Uh, they're five and six with Navy to go, and Navy is five and five with SMU and Army to go. So, Army Navy game could be a battle for bowl eligibility this year. Also had SMU beating Memphis thirty-eight thirty-four. App State upsets James Madison in in uh, wherever the hell James Madison is twenty-six to twenty-three in overtime. Um, Game day was there. Big win for for the for the Mountaineers. UNLV knocks off Air Force thirty one twenty seven, and New Mexico upsets Fresno State twenty five seventeen. Yeah, Toledo, Miami. I mean, two great MAC teams. I think both their coaches will be in the coaching carousel with, with their names floating around. But it's gonna be a fun MAC game for the championship. Really good team. Both of these teams are really good, competitive, um, and have played really well against power five teams as well this season. So that'll be fun. Tulane, another win. They got a big one this weekend um, against UTSA, but they they chalk up another W. And um, SMU Memphis, it was close. It was fun. Uh, I was on the Tigers, as always, with the Henny, but um, they couldn't pull it out. Lose by four. App State knocks out JMU. So that whole undefeated season, that petition, that's uh, not quite as – doesn't have the same luster, I'd say, uh, after losing this one in overtime. And 
Air Force three straight losses, but we'll talk about the preview. They got shot this weekend that Mountain West was about four teams still sitting right there to go to the, the championship. And UNLV is kind of in the driver's seat to make it, um, even if they lose this weekend, I think. Um, Fresno State, weird loss to New Mexico. Just a weird loss. Great weekend for the state of New Mexico. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you, you got to tip your cap to UNLV. What a season for, for the, the running Rebs, the Rebels, whatever you, you want to call them. They're probably going to win the Mountain West, uh, or at least certainly be in the championship game. Um, and fun season yeah app state huge upset i think i think james madison might have been dealing with just some distraction all the game day hype and and all the national media attention around that program heading into this game probably probably played into this one and then smu beats memphis and i think memphis fans are are disappointed they're eight and three but they haven't really beaten anybody they've lost all their big games this was a close one um i mean they were giving away tickets to this game and mm-hmm. it was still pretty empty. So tough loss for the Tigers. They got uh, Temple this weekend before they wrap it up. And they'll go with bowling. We'll see how they do. But tough, tough loss for them. You, you I would have hoped they, they could have pulled an upset against like Tulane or SMU, mm-hmm. but didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tough loss. But yes, yeah, a good group of five ones. We'll see who makes the, the group of five championships after this week. Absolutely. Always fun to watch. And that's it. That's week 12. Ready for week 13 at this point. Ready for week 13. Cannot be more excited for rivalry week. Joe, we got anything else to say before we get out? That's it. We'll be back in a couple of days with a preview. It's uh, the week we've been waiting all season for. It is. I'm, all, I'm nervous for the game, obviously, and we'll talk more about that in the preview. Thank you all for listening. Please like, rate, review. Uh, let us know how we're doing. And uh, we appreciate you listening to this one and catch you guys on the next episode. Peace out. Peace out.